Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Radio family, good morning and welcome. It is that time to get started. Welcome to the weekend edition of Community Focus. Welcome to our public affairs show. And as always, as another weekend is upon us to take this opportunity, Radio family, to thank you for tuning in. And I certainly want to thank members of our Community Focus family as always doing phenomenal things in our community. I am so excited about this gentleman who sits directly across from me, who has been so patient (laughs) in waiting for his turn to appear on our public affairs show. I really can't introduce you, Atiba Berkeley, as as a newbie, because in a sense, music is something, number one, you're very familiar with. You've, you've, it's been with you most of your life. And the fact that you, you know so many that you really are radio family. <laughs> but when, when we talk about this business, especially in the nature of what you do, first of all, let me say good morning. Finally, got you here. Welcome, family. How are you? Doing great. Thanks for having me. It's very nice to have you. Now, Atiba, this is such a beautiful name, and usually when I have a chance to talk with individuals, I'm always intrigued about the backstory or the history of someone who has a very unique name. Now, am I spelling this correct? A-T-I-B-A? That's correct. Oh, very good. So. How did mom and or dad come up with that lovely name, Atiba? Well, my, um, I come from an immigrant family, and my family has always had ties to our, you know, tribal heritage and right. Caribbean culture. So we um, are very intentional about names. My dad went yeah. to school, this Pan-African high school in Brooklyn, even though he lived in the Bronx. Right. And so it was all these international students and, you know, um, a lot of celebration of black culture. And right. one of his best friends is this man that he met named Atiba Saeed. Wow. And Atiba uh, was from Morocco. Mm-hmm. And his first name, Atiba, meant uh, understanding or one who brings understanding. Wow. And uh, Saeed, spelled S A E E D, means um, happy and fortunate. Wow. So, so your, your dad just, just knew right from the get go. Yeah. And my mom loved the name. So. Yeah. Well, I like um, it too. And I think it's very fitting to your personality in just a few minutes that we've been talking off air, really getting to know you. And to get you familiarized with our radio family, Atiba, because we're going to talk about a couple of things. One, the Piedmont Blues Preservation Society mm-hmm. and gearing up for the upcoming Carolina Blues Festival, oh, yeah, very which exciting. for those who are true lovers of blues, it is a very exciting time. And I wanted to get into the particulars for us newbies, speaking of which, what is the Blues Preservation Society? Let's start there. Well, in 1985, a group of community members, um, musicians, lawyers, doctors, most of which are music lovers and players, mm-hmm. Um, got together and decided that they wanted to do something to make sure that the blues maintained its legacy in this area. Right. And so um, Bill Kennedy, Logie Meacham, Jim Carson, a bunch of different community members from different walks of life just got together and they had been playing music together and hanging out and said, let's do something. And so they started this 501c3 uh, called the Piedmont Blues Preservation Society Mm -hmm. um, with the mission that it would recognize blues as African-American music um, and one of the first original American musics after Native American music. Right. Um, 
and that um, is specifically um, spend time investing in educating our community right. about this art form. So. Absolutely. And one of the things that I really appreciate when we can talk about the subject of music and the importance, Atiba, of how it ties into the community, one of the first things that comes to mind is when I think back to when I was in school, that was one of the big things was being involved in some sort of music program. I was in the band, yeah. played the flute, so I had marching band, I had a, what they call choral style band, we had just all types of activities, but sadly, you've got a lot of school systems that because of budget cuts mm-hmm. and other things that are greatly impacting a lot of the programs, unfortunately, a lot of music programs are immediately on the chopping block. They've mm-hmm. got to find something yeah. to maintain that budget. Sadly, music becomes one of the first. Unfortunately, yeah. Just music and arts in general. Yeah, really exactly. Important. Like, you know, um, I think... There's a few reasons that happens. Mm-hmm. I think one of the key reasons is that um, it can be hard to quantify right. um, the um, results mm-hmm. when it comes to arts, mm-hmm. which is considered, you know, kind of more emotional and soft skills and creative, exactly. you know, so like, you know, and the way that, you know, America has kind of developed art has always been from kind of this pop perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially for people that are untrained, if it's not popular, it's not good. Right. You know, um, but that's not how art really works. Exactly. (laughs) Very true. But you know what, too, Atiba, it also brings to mind that most people think, especially if they have a son or daughter that expresses an interest in it as they get older and they become adults themselves and they have to support a means of living. Mm-hmm. A lot of people are like, well, how do you make a living as a musician yeah, or as know, an the artist? They don't make, like, right. You're supposed to go to a company. Exactly, you know, right. work for them for 40, 40 years, years Exactly, right. Like, and get that watch or that pen or whatever. Yeah. So how is that even going to help support you? Yeah, and it's one of those things where it doesn't have to, and yeah. that's what I think people don't understand. Like right. involvement in any type of arts, mm-hmm. like, you know, music is where I've had a lot of heavy focus. Right. Um, but visual art, dancing, mm-hmm. any of that stuff. Yeah. It's really important to um, make sure they understand like what it's doing, especially exactly. from a young age. Like right. music um, and various art forms have the ability to um, impact your growth and your development. Mm-hmm. They help you with problem solving skills. Exactly. They help you with. Um, being able to work like being a part of an ensemble teaches Mm. you teamwork and accountability because every member of that ensemble has to hold their own you know and work together exactly Um, so there's so many you know soft skills that Mm -hmm. people actually claim they're missing now in their offices right from even college graduates exactly Um, and a big part of it is that the arts aren't as big of a part you're not actively thinking of it as though we're doing these team building exercises and all this stuff when you're in a choir or in a band you know but that's actually what's happening and so now that that's missing Mm -hmm. um, from our culture more increasingly because school is such a big part of culture exactly you know very good point. Very not, good point. Not getting those skills in your students and in your employees. Very true. Well, Latiba, back to you. Where did your your passion or, or your love for just music in general, including the blues, come from? Well, I grew up um, having a mom that was, at the time, an aerobic instructor. Oh, and a, neat. And a health club manager. Okay. Um, and our family is from the Caribbean. Um, my mother specifically from Haiti. Mm-hmm. My mother and both her parents are from Haiti. On the other side, my dad's family is from Bermuda and Jamaica. Wow. And so music was always a big thing. Like my dad was always jamming in the car, pumping the brakes to the beat, you know. And my nice. mom, you know, basically danced for a living 
yes. as an aerobic instructor. Right. So she's always chasing, we're from New York, and she was always chasing these like the latest DJ tracks and the hottest yeah. stuff. Like, I remember when CNC Music Factory broke it on the scene. Right. And like, I'd been <laughs> listening to that track. I've been listening to that track, my mom's health club, for like a month wow. before I heard it on the radio because just, it was a dance club. Yeah, in New York. exactly. Like it was a dance thing. You just have the coolest parents because I'm just <laughs> trying to picture right now your mom dancing to a hit from CNC Music Back. Oh yeah, how cool is that? It was now, do fun. you do you have any siblings? I do. Okay, I do. I am my mother's only child. Okay. You know, my parents were married and then separated right. when I was pretty young. Okay, um, and my father went on to have other children, so yeah. I'm the oldest of six. Wow, nice. Yeah. Now, do they have a similar love? Uh, does they it, do. Okay. They do, uh, but maybe not as far as, um, you know, being musicians, if right. that makes sense. Yeah. We all love music and love mm-hmm. art. My sister um, likes to tattoo and uh, has gotten into visual art. My okay. grandfather was a visual artist, too. Wow. So my entire generation, actually, it's really funny. Everybody had these traditional jobs. Yes. You know, as the first generations in America. And stuff. Right. And all of us were like, yeah, we just want to do our creative thing. So I have a cousin that is a linguist and lives in Germany with his now two children. Beautiful. Um, and he does like closed caption um, translations in multiple oh, languages wow. for like Netflix. Then I have another cousin that yeah. um, was Rhode Island's most popular DJ, but then he got in the computer stuff. Yeah. And now he's working with, um, I believe BMW and Rolls Royce, like writing code. Um, wow, that is amazing. You know, and then he has his own media and visual stuff. I have another cousin that worked on video games for years. He was on the team that developed Rock Band the video game. Really? Yeah, I remember when wow. Rock Band when Rock Band Beatles came out. Yes. Like, I can't say anything. Can't tell you. you can't tell anybody, but now but that's guys, hard to really keep that under wraps. The, the, the guys just came in <laughs> yeah. with a chain with a chain around their arm with the original masters from Abbey Road. Really? The they use the real samples. For yeah. The you know, it's like copyright. That so is like, amazing. You know, but we all just went into like this kind of, you know, I have a cousin in Mwasi that actually went to school here when mm-hmm. I was younger and he works in film now. Um, so we all just kind of found our creative. Exactly. I was going to say your love for music and visual yeah. arts, it definitely runs deep in your family. And I think, Atiba, you are such a perfect fit, not only for the Blues Preservation Society, which, by the way, I failed to ask, what what is your title? Do you give yourself a title? Per uh, se? I was given a title. Uh, <laughs> I started out about five years ago with the group. Okay. And uh, I was a trustee, a board member. Gotcha. Um and just working with the group and trying to solve problems, mm-hmm. and, you know, um, just keep the mission going, you know, exactly and strong. Um, right. We had some leadership changes. People wanted to change positions. Mm-hmm. And um, they decided that I might be a good president. So they oh. elected me president um, about a year and a half ago. Congratulations. So, thank you. You're welcome. Well, you seem to be that individual who loves what they do. And so it's so fitting to have you not only as the president, but with the next question to ask of you, Atiba, as far as staff members, but when we think about the Blues Preservation Society and being a nonprofit, it really focuses more on the volunteerism, does it not? It does. For 34 years now, we have been a 100% volunteer organization. We've never wow. had paid staff. Okay. So everything that we do, every time you see a Carolina Blues Festival, right. every time you see a Blues in the Schools program, mm-hmm. or you see us doing senior outreach um, at Pace or uh, Special Needs Outreach at After Gateway, right. that means that someone has donated their time um, nice. and made sure that you know those resources were available. Excellent. And we also um, take the funds that we raise as volunteers mm-hmm. and just cycle them back into our community. We prefer to use local businesses right. um, as our resources for things like t-shirts and 
um, you know, that type of thing. Yeah. And we hire local and regional musicians to do our programs. We bring oh, professional musicians yeah. into, you know, these community program situations. I love that, Atiba, because I think about the beauty of living in a state such as North Carolina and surrounding areas. I mean, you have, when you just think about the colleges and universities that have various music programs, of course, notably, the first one that comes to mind for me is the North Carolina School of the Arts Mm -hmm. over in Winston-Salem. And then, of course, you have your HBCUs and your traditional colleges that have the music programs. So the importance, especially for young ones who are listening, who are expressing an interest in music, how encouraging it is to have the Blues Preservation Society to be that support system for them mm-hmm. so that if they do desire, uh, once they you know, move through elementary and high school and even to college, if they want to look to do that on a full-time basis, yeah. here's a great way to give back to the community as the community has given back to them. Yeah, like we really try to support you know everything we can in the community we do have to stay focused because we're an organization right and if you spread yourself too thin or go in too many directions sure. like you become ineffective right, right, right exactly. so we've been refocusing um, not that we were unfocused before but just focusing in a different way with a different type of energy right exactly um, but people give us calls about all sorts of stuff we make referrals for mm-hmm. lessons mm. um, organizations I think an Elks Lodge in Statesville called not too long ago they're going to start a new music series they want blues to be a regular part of it so they're Very like good. oh would you guys be able to appoint yeah. some, you know, some great musicians nice people have called us and asked us hey you know a good blues band that we can have at our wedding like (laughs) we have no problem like making recommendations that's a cool idea i actually like that i've never been to a wedding where blues has been played before i might have to make that (laughs) suggestion (laughs) because i'm actually going to one next month so yeah Yeah. that'll be really nice really nice the other thing that people don't realize about the blues is that um it's a whole culture not just a music yeah exactly Um, so you know, um, I have this term that I like to use called blues foods, mm-hmm. you know, and a lot of people will call them soul food. Right. Um, but, you know, for me, it's blues foods because when I am eating my collard greens or <laughs> my cornbread, like it's usually I a blues like song. You. <laughs> and here's the thing. A lot of people do that and don't realize right, blues right. is such a soundtrack of America. Yeah. It's America's first pop music. Yeah. You know what I mean? I like that. Like, you know, ragtime did all right, but blues did a different thing. Yeah, it did. It did. <laughs> it did a completely different it thing. It did. And, you know, I think people think about that. If they had a particular soundtrack to their lives, mm-hmm. like you said, that that would be a great way. Yeah. And you're a fellow colored eater. I love that. I knew there oh. was something about you, Atiba, oh. that I liked. I love it. I love it. <laughs> and I love the energy you have brought to the first half of the program. Atiba Berkeley. Thank you so much. We still have part two of the program, so please stick around. Yeah, no problem. I would love to ask you some more questions, again, not only in regard to the Blues Preservation Society, but again, we're going to get to the Carolina Blues Festival that's coming up, get the particulars on that, and really get the community continually involved with supporting the Blues Preservation Society. So more of the weekend edition of Community Focus Radio Family. Thank you for your great company, and we will be back after this. It is more of the weekend edition of Community Focus. Thank you, Radio Family, your great company. We continue, and especially want to thank the company of members of our Community Focus family. Atiba Berkeley joins me, Renee Vaughn, with the Blues Preservation Society. I am so glad we are back from break, Atiba. We were chatting a little bit off air Not just the excitement of the forthcoming Carolina Blues Festival, but I really want to get into, through you, the history, really the backstory and the importance of what this festival is really all about for the community as a whole. Yeah, so um, it's our biggest fundraiser, so it's important for our mission, obviously, to raise money. Right. 
we do have sponsors and stuff, but we actually get a lot of support from the community through mm-hmm. individual donations, through membership. Right. Um, so the um, point is to spread culture, yeah. you know, to preserve and spread a culture. Like, you know, I say that we want to remind people about the wonderful blues past, but Mm -hmm. we also want to help build a beautiful blues future. Future, right. You know, like, because that's what our mission really is. The blues hasn't gone anywhere. Exactly. It's changed a lot. Right. You know, it's changed a lot. You know, it was co-opted and, you know, um, a lot of black artists weren't given their credit when they Mm -hmm. should have been at the time. Right. And then um, as that started to happen, you know, rock and roll came around and it Mm -hmm. changed a little bit more. Yeah. Um, and rock and roll actually reintroduced a lot of people to the blues. Exactly. I was going to say, Atiba, at least for me, when, when I think about the blues, it's just the diversity of this particular music genre and other genres that come from it. Like you said, rock and roll and something that is such a teachable moment yeah. for young people that are just getting into music. Because that's one of the things that I remember when I was learning the importance of where rhythm and blues came from mm-hmm. where blues came Half from blues. exactly you hear r&b and people just say r&b r&b like, right but it's so much blues. more to it yeah. than that I actually committed myself to not saying r&b anymore yeah so yeah. that i could say the word blues and blues more. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly <laughs> um but like even just the name rock and roll there's a history to it that a lot exactly. of people don't realize right a lot of people think white americans rolling stones came over rock and roll happened like mm-hmm. exactly first of all the rolling stones first set no disrespect love the stones their first set they were america's best cover band ever mm-hmm. if there were nine songs on that set list seven right. of them were black blues songs and yep. they had two originals exactly and they toured america and right sold black music very true very <laughs> true what it really was and you know that's interesting because there was a time in which you had between white and black artists that when a black artist came out with a song that did really well Uh on the radio, it got more popularity when a white artist covered it. Exactly. Yeah. And there's different reasons for that. Um, Mm -hmm. Some of it is, you know, the poverty gap. Exactly. Right. um, White Americans could afford more Mm -hmm. entertainment in their life. So when it was time to sell concert tickets, also, got to remember this coming off of Jim Crow a lot of exactly. audiences weren't mixed mixed very you know, true so right. you know there were venues that weren't allowing black people at all exactly the artists right you know if they were black were having to go through go th- mm-hmm. you know side doors and stuff and not even being allowed to be exactly. inside certain parts of the venue right. so um, but like rock and roll is actually named after a black woman that taught everybody how to play guitar wow sister Rosetta Tharp I've heard and, of her um, you know uh journalist was writing an article about her and mm-hmm. was trying to describe this crazy thing she was doing where she yeah. turned up the amplifier and rode up and down the neck of her guitar and uh he said she was rocking and rolling yeah and that's literally where rock where and roll came from so wow. even when it comes to just the name rock and roll yeah it's often kind of discredited you know exactly. where, ooh, rock and roll is black too yeah you know even johnny cash and elvis right you know mm-hmm. um you know credit specifically by name sister rosetta tharp with teaching them just by example, how exactly. to play guitar. And see, we're having we're having a history music lesson right here <laughs> on the weekend edition of happens. Community Focus, and I love it. I love it. Now, the Carolina Blues Festival, at least give us a date for that. Uh, the 18th and 19th, mm-hmm. uh, we expanded the festival last year to two days okay. uh, so good. that we can make it more accessible. The first right. day is a $20 right. ticketed concert mm-hmm. um, at LaBauer Park in downtown. Nice. Um, we also added the beverages available. Okay. Um, and it's from 3 p.m., until um, 10 p.m. 
as far as the music, the gates do open at two. So you okay. can come and stake your claim, bring a chair. Yeah, there you bring go. Bring a tent, bring a blanket. Yes. Well, don't bring a tent. Bring a blanket, <laughs> bring a chair. Well, we don't want anybody's view well, yeah, to, we don't to want be blocked. Exactly. View, you know? But what's even nice about this particular year's Carolina Blues Festival is you have a very special tribute we this year. We do. Um, we got the opportunity to um, go to the North Carolina Music Hall of Fame induction ceremony last year. Um, nice. As uh, to accept an award, which is strange because we never wrote any music, right? right. <laughs> but they uh, posthumously inducted a man named Blind Boy Fuller. Wow. Um, that was born in Wadesboro, North Carolina. Yeah. Um, lived in Danville, lived in Winston-Salem a little bit, mm-hmm. and then um, planted his roots in Durham, North Carolina. So Durham really claims him, and that's kind of where his home as an adult really was. Okay. Um, but he became blind at the age of 19, started losing his sight. Really? And by 20, he was like, Oops. blind. Um, he was married, and um, he got into music mm-hmm. uh, more. He had everybody in his family kind of played. He has a sister okay. that they say was a better musician than him, actually. Wow. <laughs> um, uh, she played piano, mm-hmm. but he ended up turning um, his tragedy into a triumph right. by focusing on music so he could feed himself because mm-hmm. um, he was doing factory work and things like that and right. couldn't do that anymore. Yeah, exactly. And, um, turned into this great, great songwriter. He was very, very um, uh, honest in mm-hmm. his lyrics. He liked to talk about a wide range of topics, right. anything from sex to um you know relationships with people or mm-hmm. just things that pissed him off or made him feel good mm-hmm. um and he got to a point where they started seeking him out for recordings oh, at that point they okay. were kind of doing the race records thing right um so there were studios wow. in new york that were bringing him up mm-hmm. bringing him out he recorded about 120 more than 120 singles in like a five-year really? period wow that's a lot and for just a short period of time of them have great number of them actually got radio play wow very very popular yeah he started hearing this more style picking right right. this mixture of the bluegrass you know um style of guitar and banjo right you know which i'm glad you mentioned that because we were talking about that a little bit off air atiba is that you know depending upon which region or part of the country that you're from Mm -hmm. if you're a lover of the blues there's such a unique style and you were mentioning uh blues here in the piedmont it's going to be a little different than if, say, you're from Kansas City. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Um, ours definitely is an acoustic blues. Yeah, yeah. And there are other areas where it tends to be more electric. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So that's one major difference. Right. Also, just regionally, um, you know, there are some, excuse me, some rhythmic right. um, differences and change. You know, there's mm-hmm. different types of blues, 12-bar blues, and this and that. Right. Um, but he was able to take, you know, what our thing was and spread it and right. people realized they really loved it. Yeah, because I was thinking, too, I can only imagine the fan base for blues. Yeah. Just in this area alone, yeah. but if you think about it, it across the country. It was the music of the day. Yeah. Because you have to remember, people culturally did different things. Exactly. People weren't sitting at home at Netflix. Right, you know, right, they, right. So they went True. to dances on Friday nights exactly. and on the weekends. And, you know, right. And Saturday night, you know, you were listening to your radio. That was what you did. did. You had friends exactly, over. Exactly, yes. parlor or a porch. Mm-hmm. It didn't matter depending yep. on how you were living. Exactly. But you had the radio on and you were listening yeah. to these tunes and dancing yeah. and drinking. And those are just like some of the best parties. I mean, yeah, yeah, you know, you can invite your neighborhood, you can invite friends, family, whoever, and just have a really good time. Now, who's playing at this year's festival? All right. So this year's festival, we curated specifically to pay homage to this great honor that was paid to my boy Fuller. So right. um, 
Our headliner is Dom Flemons uh, of the Carolina Chocolate Drops, mm-hmm. award-winning musician. I've mm, um, nice. lived in North Carolina for years now. He's based out of the D.C. area. Okay. Um, but he's coming back. It's going to be his last uh, performance before he leaves for his European tour. Wow. So nobody in America gets to see him after this. Yeah, they're bit. right. So, it's gonna be, you know, <laughs> so this is really an added incentive yeah, to come. it's going to be really good. Yeah. Um, but we wanted to – he's, you know, Dom Flemons celebrated um, – traditional black music mm-hmm. um, old time bluegrass blues right. um for years you know with Rhiannon Giddens and Justin and the chocolate drops and just on his own also and um now that he's doing his solo thing he's continued that mission mm-hmm. so he was a great headliner for us but we wanted to point all intention and really curate an experience so right. we're moving stylistically backwards in our lineup okay so we're moving kind of from a more modern style of blues and blues influence backwards in time. Time. So okay. we did that Neat. by having um, House of Dues, mm-hmm. local soul and blues band. Um, amazing, amazing player. And wow. um, really, really steeped in the tradition mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. soul and blues and rock. Right. And so they're going to open us up with a lot of lively stuff and some nice. great guest vocalists and yeah. stuff. I won't let the cat out of the bag on that. Okay. Got to come and find <laughs> Good. Out. Yeah, we're going to keep it under yeah. wraps so you'll be um, in for another surprise. And then uh, we've got the incomparable Melva Houston. Oh, yes. Many are familiar with. Yes. Um, and we really wanted to give Melva an opportunity to celebrate herself. Mm-hmm. Um, but she also represents such an important crossover. She really uh, does. Between jazz and blues. Yeah, and she's such a beautiful individual. I had a, the opportunity to, I've, I've known her for a few years, and she's such a sweetheart. She is. Yeah. She is. Yeah. So we're really, really excited Very to, um, nice. to have her on the schedule. Then we're going to go to John Shane. Mm-hmm. Uh, so one of the things that we do, um, and many blue societies across the country do, is host a contest. Um Usually we call it a blues challenge or blues contest. Right. And um, we're all registered with the Blues Foundation in Memphis, Tennessee. Okay. So people that win our contest Mm -hmm. are competing for an opportunity to go to Memphis and complete the International Blues Challenge. Wow. Well, our friends over at Triangle Blues Society, based Uh in Durham, sent their entry in. Okay. And um, he won the whole thing. Really? Yeah, and his name's John Shane. All right, John. And, uh, and he's a Piedmont-style picker. Is he? He is. How cool is that? So that was really great. Yeah. Uh, that's the timing lined up. Right. And when it's playing homage, so like mm-hmm. we kind of get to see the update. Exactly. Of what a modern Piedmont-style picker right. looks like and how they can operate. That's um, huge. He's going to be playing as a duo. Okay. With uh, F.J. Ventry. Wow. Uh, who is his bass player that yeah. plays upright bass. Oh, So you really nice. are going to get like a really authentic, really Yeah. Fun, and he's just got such a smooth, I mean, like, so smooth. That is just awesome. what he does. I like that, Atiba, you because know. I'm I'm just picturing for those who are listening to us here. And by the way, the weekend edition of Community Focus. Thank you, Radio Family, if you're just joining us. And particularly if you are a lover and fan of the blues, you have picked the ideal weekend to tune into yeah, yeah. Community Focus at Tiba Berkeley with the Blues Preservation Society. We're talking about this year's Carolina Blues Festival, which marks how many years now? Uh, this is the 33rd annual. Wow. We are trying to confirm, but mm-hmm. we firmly believe we are one of, if not the longest consistent, consistent. blues festival in the wow. Southeast. 
because yeah. a lot of festivals have had to take years off. Right, right. Mm -hmm. Exactly. We've gotten, we're a 100% outdoor rain or shine event. We've yeah. gotten smacked in the face several times. Yeah. Uh, including last year even. Right, where the weather hasn't exactly right cooperated. Yeah. But then the clouds broke and it was Yeah, beautiful. and it was a beautiful day. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. we're hoping for a little bit better weather this exactly. year. Exactly, exactly. We will definitely keep it positive. we will be there. And I'm we will be having good. a party. Yeah. I mean, last year even with the rain, I think we still had almost 400 in attendance. Wow, so, that um, is great. It's a, uh, it's it's fun. And that's the thing, you know, true supporters of of anything, you know, they they'll be there, rain or shine. Oh yeah, you know, you have, and that makes me wonder, Atiba, why do you think there is such a love for blues and a huge following for the Carolina Blues Festival? Um, I think that the love is genuinely just a love of music. Mm -hmm. And yeah. there is this line that I draw in the sand that's somewhat controversial, like. The blues is for music lovers. Mm -hmm. It is totally for music lovers. If you love music, come to our event. You will have a great time. Right. But one thing that I've had to do um, just with the misappropriation of blues in the past mm -hmm. and trying to educate people is tell yeah. people there's a difference in being a music lover and a blues supporter. Mm. Um, yeah. And there's there's a Never line I have to like draw that. in the sand. Right. Because the blues is um, – it's – it's a people's soul and heart mm -hmm. put into a form that others can understand, yeah. relate to. Right. But it comes from a very specific place. Mm -hmm. And the question I like to ask people when they say, well, what do you mean? I say, well, why isn't it called the happies? Ah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And then the brain starts going, it's like, oh, yeah. wait a minute. Why isn't it called the happies? Mm -hmm. And it's a very specific reason why. Yeah. And it has to do with blackness in America. Mm -hmm. It has to do with how people were treated. And, you know, the blues being an outlet mm -hmm. for you know, not only our joy and our triumphs, but also for our sorrows and our right. pain and, you know, the oppression that people suffer. Exactly. And that makes me think, too, Atiba, when we think about especially when we look at just modern day music in general, you have a lot of artists who basically entertain mm -hmm. when they give a show or put on a performance. But what I find very unique about the blues, like you said, it tells a story. It's explaining what has taken place in one's life, the pains, the sufferings that individual went through. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, what they're doing to try to heal, what they're doing to try to find a solution to something. So it's, it's, I've always thought that there was such an importance in really paying attention to what a person listens to mm -hmm. when they listen to the lyrics yeah, of a song. And the interesting thing about the lyrics is, and this is a consistent theme in um, – music but that isn't talked about in the blues as much mm -hmm. is the hidden messaging yeah that yeah. people have always used in america right African americans have always used exactly you know, in you know spirituals and gospel right. and in the blues mm -hmm. you know? so you know next time you listen to that blues song about that abusive husband realize that might right. not actually be a man beating a woman that might you know, be. that's interesting because I, <laughs> I remember that, Atiba, when we were in school and we were studying uh, whether it was black history. Mm -hmm. And that was a way, especially during the days of slavery, mm -hmm. when underground, you know, when slaves were underground and their means of communicating. You just didn't have like an everyday conversation like you and I were having. Exactly. A lot of it was through song. It was coded. Yeah, exactly. It was a coded Exactly. You no, know, a friend, we're playing tribute to the festival this year to mm -hmm. um, our friend Logie Meacham that just passed away. Yeah. And um, Logie loved this song that I also loved. Mm -hmm. We became friends. We realized we sing it two different ways and all this stuff. Yeah. Um, but it's called Deep River. Mm -hmm. And um, 
it is believed by many. So a lot of this stuff is hard to prove because, you know, the Underground Railroad wasn't interested in creating paper trails. Like, right. <laughs> exactly. That was, that was a problem, right. you know. True. So, um, but it is strongly believed that the song Deep River, a Negro spiritual, was talking about the Deep River mm-hmm. right over here in Randolph County. Wow. Um, and, uh, you know, we know that in greensboro at gilbert college there's an underground railroad station that's yeah. confirmed underground railroad station that was run True. by quakers i've heard about it you know um and james shields over mm-hmm. there with the bonner center everybody would be more than happy to give yeah. you a, they do tours of it and stuff right um so our specific city and area really does have a very specific you know role it, exactly um that and link to yeah. that song, song right. you know um but it's deep river, you know, my home is over Jordan. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, don't you want to go to that promised land where all is peace? Mm, deep wow. river, my home is over campground, Yeah. you know? And there was telling people, you know, if you get to the other side of the deep river, mm-hmm. there's a spot where some yeah. people will pick you up and help you help to you get out. to the next yeah. station. You know? Oh, amazing. It's, it's just incredible how much history is just within our area. Alone, And that's what I appreciate, Atiba, about the Blues Preservation Society, is it's within the organization and what you're trying to do. You're trying to preserve the blues. Like you said, you have a future generation that is forthcoming of young individuals. And I can only imagine a festival like this really does run the gamut as far as ages. You see those who are young and those who are young at heart. It does. We're attending. A we're a kid-friendly event. Kids Great. Kids under are free. Wonderful. And... Um, and on Sunday, because we were worried about, um, you know, putting people in silos, right, which is the popular way to describe it now. Yeah. But, um, you know, people can't get out of this poverty silo. So if we only have a ticketed event, mm-hmm. are we really serving our entire community, creating that opportunity for everyone to have exposure? Good point. So yeah. we've got the food truck rodeo on Sunday. Good. Um, nice. And it's going to be really, really fun. Um, Greensboro Food Truck Festivals yes. has stepped up and sponsored us this year, Great. stuff like that, as well as helping us organize our trucks, keep Very everything good. tight. Yeah, um, nice. So we're really, really excited. Yeah. Um, and especially because they have their own event, like mm-hmm. weeks before ours, okay. a really big food truck, yeah. with like yeah. 40, 50 trucks. Wow. Um, so they're doing that, and then two weeks later, they're going to help you out. Us. That's we're only going to have about eight trucks or so. Uh, we're not trying to take over all of downtown, <laughs> um, but it is going to be a lot. It is going to be yeah, fun. Yeah, exactly. Um, and LeBauer Park. That's just a yeah. beautiful area. Well, and the food truck rodeo, we mm-hmm. decided to spread the love, and we went across the street to Center City Park for that. Oh, one. very nice. Excellent. You know? There are just so many beautiful parks in yeah. and around yeah, the, so, the Gay City. Saturday is Bower Park. Yeah. Um, Sunday is Center City, City Park. Park. Very and, uh, nice. Craft vendors. We're actually still seeking craft vendors, so if you're very listening good. and you think you might like to be a vendor, yes. um, you know, we have information up on the website. Thank you for that. Staff, and and that's, that's one thing that, oh, I almost forgot to ask. If someone wants to lend their support in terms of volunteering, yeah. how do they best contact you? We do have a sign-up link if you go to carolinabluesfestival.com okay. or piedmontblues.org. Mm-hmm. Um, you can go to either one of those and you'll see sign-up links for vendors. Very um, good. We have sign-up links for volunteers as well. And volunteers are not full. We just use a sign-up genius. It's Mm -hmm. really easy. Just put in basically your name and email and check some boxes for where you want to work. Oh, very good. And then you'll get responses confirming you. Nice. When you show up on site, we'll have you logged in and ready. Um, We also still need financial support, too. Mm -hmm. You know, we are, like I said, 100% volunteer. Right. We have some really great sponsors. Mm -hmm. Um, So we're... um, 
we have a nonprofit partner in Second Harvest Food Bank. Very good. And we're going to start working with Providence, which is like their food side of things. Oh, okay. They have their own restaurant group. Yeah, nice. Um, so that we can work on, right, you know, into right. more of the food. So you can never really have too many sponsors. So we for area businesses, right. But we also accept individual sponsors. Very good. You know? nice. We have um, some really great sponsors. The Hazelman family has been an amazing sponsor for a long time. Wow. You know, and we have other sponsors, some who choose to remain anonymous. Right, you know? understandable. But that donate very generous amounts mm-hmm. um but we want to do more yeah. and for us to do more we need more resources yes and sometimes we need to pay for services mm-hmm. because we are volunteers right. or we might have staff to do things right right we were a different type of organization mm-hmm. so it's um it's definitely great and needed you know that we get support from our community exactly but we also give it all back 100 percent of so, what you give us none of it goes to an executive director salary very or anything good, very like good. i have four children to run my own business as a sound engineer wow. and this is just what i do what you do and what you um, love in my spare time yeah, yeah and definitely what you love well thank you atiba for bringing this wonderful information to us i really would love to have you come on a future program yeah that'd be great to to talk about not just the blues festival but whatever is taking place with the Blues Preservation Society. So please uh, tell everyone, because we have some mutual friends that are part of of the Blues Preservation Society, our friend Connie. Mm -hmm. Um, Do you know John Amberg? Yes, I know John Amberg. That's my buddy right (laughs) there. That is my buddy, too. We once worked together here at our intercom stations. He was my festival co-chair last year. Very nice. He actually just left our board in November. Oh, wow. But he's still all up in my email. No, No, it's great. He's he's still volunteering with us. Yes, that's fantastic. Well, please send him my hellos as well. And Atiba, thank you so much. Any closing thoughts or comments you'd like to share? Um, yeah, just come out and have a good time. That's what it's about. You're going to meet people and the style of our event, the style of our community, mm-hmm. it always shocks people. Yeah. You know, you're going to meet people that you never would meet otherwise. Exactly. All walks of life. Right. You know, and really just have a great time exactly. with our community. Right. You know, which is your community. Yeah. So. And that and that's the key is that we, we help each other as a community. And this is a great event to do it. Well, Atiba Berkeley family. <laughs> The doors are always open, so please come back. I will. I look forward to it. And on this particular public affairs program, there are never any goodbyes, Atiba. So just until next time. Until next time. Absolutely. And thank you, Radio Family. I know you're doing some fabulous things in the community as well. Please keep up the great work. And looking forward to hearing back from you for another weekend edition of Community Focus. Until then, enjoy the rest of your day and the rest of this weekend. Take care. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates – Price and coverage match limited by state law.